Okay. Uh, so Nora, would you lead us in the Fatiha? Okay, thank you. So this is the light, flush against light, light upon light. <clears throat> so in this uh, chapter, Ibn Arabi is going to take us to where this uh, surah was revealed. And it's a place where, where in a sense the light becomes manifest. And so he'll describe a geometry and a topology. So geometry, because he'll describe the measure of the earth, which is our bodies. And we'll want to look at the measure of our bodies of the earth geometry. And a topology, a topos, a surface, a place. And the surface, um, as we've seen, is a, you know, the three-dimensional surface. So a surface is a place where you can't leave it uh, if it's three-dimensional by going up, down, across, left or right, or in and out. And you can't leave that surface. Then you are on a three-dimensional surface. So the knowing of the enabled being is an ocean of knowledge, vast, with immense waves in which ships sink. And it is an ocean having no shore, only his two sides. So this is the geometry we're looking at now, the enabled being. <clears throat> but do not imagine about the ocean's two side what intellects imagine. So that, that don't imagine that these are two ends of a two-dimensional space intellects which are constricted from perceiving this knowledge. So the intellect, this is all beyond the purview of the intellect. This is all a place with different dimensions that the intellect cannot grasp, cannot handle. They think it is like there being a right and a left of what is between the two. So when you say that this is an ocean without shore, 
there's a left and a right, the intellects think that there's a left and a right between two, and they think of it as a plane. This matter is not so, no. But if there is some imagining, and escapably there will be, so you will be thinking about what this looks like, then imagine what is the closest likeness to what we are citing here, that the course in itself is like the point compared to circumference and to what is between the two. So instead of looking at left and right as two extreme ends of a rectangle, he's telling us, think about this course as a point compared to the circumference. This also gives us depth because if you're thinking about a well, a, an interior, then the line is not simply from left to right or right to left. The line is somehow going to a point and then out to a circumference, point circumference. So we're not even looking at a circle of two dimensions. We're looking at a higher than a circle where you can go left and right and in and out. Therefore, the nukta, the point, is the true. And the wide space issuing externally from the circumference is the void. So point uh, in Arabic, in Urdu, in English, when you say point, that focuses your attention. You say, what's the point? You're saying, give me the point on a blank page. The moment you make a point, you have a focal point. And so we say, what's the point? Or what's your point? And so even I was saying, our point is this point in the middle, this source, which makes a line to the circumference. Or say the light blocking instead of the void. So you can call it a void and emptiness, or you can call it light blocking, where the light is blocked. Then what is between the point and the wide space issuing externally from the circumference is the enabled being. So there's the point of origin, there's this wide space, which is the enabled being, which is us. And then there's the circumference, which wraps us around, embraces us from around. So we're going to dive a little bit into this geometry. And uh, we've done this before. Escher, Escher was very interested in hyperbolic uh, projections. And this is in a hyperbolic projection. So if you see these triangles, you can stuff an infinite number of triangles into this circle. Those triangles get smaller and smaller from our view, uh, but they never end. And so Escher was fascinated with this hyperbolic plane. Um, and uh, this is hyper hyperbolic is probably the best geometric description of what, what is happening, uh, what we know by faith or what we know by kash being shown. <clears throat> And the physicist uh, Haj, uh, Yusuf, Muhammad Haj Yusuf in Dubai, uh, he's, his life work is to study this geometry of Ibn Arabi. And he is uh, pointing us to the hyperbolic functions and things like that. And it's already way beyond me in his first sentence. But it's uh, the hyper what I do can understand is that you see these triangles and you can put as many as you like on infinitely and they're still bounded by the circumference. So we've also looked at the shish kebab of life, which is that we, we typically think about a center <clears throat> as being a point of origin. But when you go up in dimensions, you can then get a line of origin. So you can say that every piece of every mushroom and every zucchini that's on this line of origin is, has the point of origin in itself. And then the next one says, I've got the point of origin too. 
And the next one says, I've got the point of origin also. And all three of them, all of them actually have a line of origin. So they're all on a line of origin. So in this place here, it's not left and right. And then there are two extremes. They are a left and right, which goes on inf infinitely. And each of these triangles, you and I, each one of these triangles has a line directly to the point of origin. And each one is, has a point of origin with this center, this mukta. And that means that we're on a line of origin that we all share on this line of origin. So in this geometry, we are told by that, that once we begin to explore this geometry, we see that there is a source, which is the same source in each individual triangle that we are. And so each of us as triangles, we're not individuated beyond that we all have the same point of origin. And so if it's a point of origin that I share with you, then we can say we're in a line of origin. So we are all lined up on the shish kebab of life. We are directly connected to the point and there is no place to fall off the circumference uh, and then be outside of the purview of the point. So this is, this is what we know by faith that Allah says, I am with you wherever you are. So go anywhere in this, uh, in this circle here uh, go anywhere you like, and Allah says, I am with you wherever you are. And so we know this, we know this by faith, we know this by revelation. And the, I am closer to that one on the deathbed than you are to him. So Allah is closer to each one of us than we are to ourselves. And so to be closer to each other, to, to Allah than we are to each other is to say that between the triangles, you can have any amount of space, but all of those spaces are one unit away from the point, are on the same line to the point. So this geometry is a description or a foundation to understand what our faith, what revelation tells us. And uh, this is in the margin, uh, Ibn Arabi has this margin that he sketches and Stephen Hurtenstein sent me that scanned from uh, the handwritten manuscript. And so Ibn Arabi says, if you need to imagine it, well, let me draw something in the margin. So he draws this in the margin. So this outside circle says the mahal, which means the impossible. So there's an M, H, and then the long ah, and then L. And then the next one is the mumkin, that's the void, the, we are in the void, or that we're possible. You can call it void or you can call it light blocking, but we're enabled. So uh, we're enabled to be, it's not our own being, it's Allah's being which enables us to be. And then the nukta is there and the word haq, the true or true. And so Ibn Arabi is drawing us this one to help us see this geometry. Um, much later, Escher comes along and says, let's, let's draw a hyperbolic plane, the projection of a hyperbolic um, hypersphere. And that one is very interesting because whenever Ibn Arabi is drawing something, it's, it seems very simple, but he's actually been able to show us something so important uh, that how things work, how they are set together, even though he's restricting himself to a very flat, two dimensions.
Um, but he is, of course, gifted with the richness of vocabulary. And it's really through language, which we, disco we discover and explore these geometries. So Ibnarabi says, indeed, he gave us the point, which is so interesting. He gave us the point, which has got to be in your ear. He gave us the fountain. He gave us Kauthar. He gave us Fatima. And so um, he, we, we've got to be hearing that because she is the source root of the circumference being. So the circumference is there only because there's a point. By means of the point, she emerges visibly. So Ibn Arabi is saying, the nukta comes first, the point comes first, and then by that there is a circumference. The circumference depends upon that nukta. So when you notch the lines from the point to the circumference, they end only at the point. So you take any of these triangles, notch them to the point, and you have a single line. Just the circumference, all of it is in this vantage position vis-a-vis -vis the point. And it is his word, and God is behind them, an encompassing circumference circumference. So this is where we hear the, the verse, God is behind all of us in these triangles on the hyperbolic plane, a circumference encompassing us. So protectively encompassing us, allowing us not to fall off anywhere. And it is his word, indeed, who is of everything an encompassing circumference. So who is this encompassing circumference? And then there's a nukta, and there's a circumference. Now, every point vis-a-vis -vis the encompassing circumference ends up as a line. So you take a line, a point, 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 now you're drawing a line. As a line issuing externally from her, the point to the circumference. So point, 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 now you've got the line. Therefore, who is the first and the last? So who is first for the sake of every enabled being, just as the point is first for the sake of every line. So in order to have a line, you need a point. So who will be the point for us and the first and the last to make a line who we are? And what is external to true's being and did not become manifest from the true is the empty void which does not receive being. And the emanating lines are the likenesses of the enabled beings. So all of these lines emanating from the point are you and me. Therefore, from God is their beginning and to God is their ending. And to him returns the matter, all of it. Okay. Um, now, we've talked about left and right. And everybody wants to describe this left and right is not as we think as a plane, but there's something, there is a left and right. There is a this side and that side. Um, and so we'll go back to uh, the Surah Al-Balad, if, if Omar will read that for us. Um, this is the way to understand that there are two things. There, it's not a left and a right in two dimensions, but there is some over here and over there. And, and Ibn Arabi talks about this as the two high roads. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. La uqsimu bihada al-balad وأنت حل بهذا البلد ووالد وما ولد لقد خلقنا الإنسان في كبد أيحسب أن لن يقدر عليه أحد يقول أهلكت مالا لبدا أيحسب أن لم يراه أحد ألم نجعل له عينين 
ولساناً وشفتين وهديناه النجدين فلا اقتحم العقبة وما أدراك ما العقبة فك رقبة أو إطعام في يوم في مسغبة يتيماً ذا مقربة أو مسكيناً ذا مرتبة ثم كان من الذين آمنوا وتواصوا بالصبر وتواصوا بالمرحمة أولئك أصحاب الميمنة والذين كفروا بآياتنا هم أصحاب المشأمة عليهم نار مؤصدة What do they think none has seen him? Have we not made for him two eyes and a tongue and a pair of lips and show him the, the two high roads? But he has made no haste to the path that is steep. And what will explain to you the path that is steep? It is freeing the slave or the giving of food in a day of famine to the orphan near of kin or to the poor in the dust. Then to become amongst those who believe, counsel each other to be steadfast and counsel each other to be merciful. Those are the companions of the right hand and those who disbelieve in our signs, they are the companions of the left hand. On them will be fire vaulted over. Okay, thank you. So these uh, right hand, left hand, so there is a left and a right, there is a high and a low, there is a steep and a not so steep. So this geometry uh, is not a fixed geometry, it's not a still geometry, it's very much a dynamic. And so this dynamic one is there all these triangles in here, they are all, although they're on one line to Allah, one line to the point, they also have lefts and rights. And so they're also shifting at all times. Uh, so Ibn Arabi uses the word shifting or fluctuation. So they're fluctuating this way, that way, this way, that way. Sometimes they are being charitable. Sometimes they're not being charitable. And so as they fluctuate and they move in a left and right or a left hand, right hand way. But in this verticality, there is only one unit away from God. And so one unit vertically, but horizontally, there is this movement. And so these triangles are running around in this geometry, uh, doing things that are steep, difficult, and charitable, or doing things that are easy, which they just fall into. So this geometry, uh, to see it as dynamic is crucial, because this is how we then understand how we are all then encompassed and embraced, how we are all one step away from the true, um, and there is this incredible diversity, fluctuations, shiftings, transferences, all these things happening within this circle. And the things that are happening are this, the drama of these triangles, which are moving left and right, steep and not so steep um, in, their, in their own uh, realization and in their own coming towards perfection in their own spiritual discipline. So between these two places, we're between light and light blocking. So there's a membrane. It is a membrane and intermediary. 
which has a determining proper on its two extreme edges. So there are two extreme edges, and but not thinking of it left and right. Because of this situation, God made for the human being two eyes, and he guides you to the two conspicuous high mountain paths. So just the verses that we just heard. Given that you are between two lateral sides, by the one eye, based on the one path, you receive light and observe according to the measure of your prepared capacity. And by the other eye, based on the other path, you observe the light blocking and receive it. So you see the light and you see the light blocking, two eyes. It is in itself neither light nor light blocking. So now we become light on this side, light blocking on this side. It is neither a side of being or a side of non-being. It is a preventer. So it prevents the light from erasing the light blocking and the light blocking prevents and the light prevents the light blocking from do dominating or overwhelming and the light blocking your screen keeps freezing so we're missing about half of what you're saying okay um so I'll, I'll turn off video for now let's see if that if that works a bit so we're on two sides and light blocking is coming from one side light blocking is coming from another side and each of those are preventing the other from taking over or from overwhelming. Now, if not for what is in this vantage position, the preservation of the two sides themselves, so our both sides need to be preserved, the true would not have described himself with obligating himself as he did by his statement, your cherisher has prescribed on himself kind mercy. And he said, and my kind mercy vastly extends over everything as an appropriate recompense for what the possible is amid. So, you know, if the light were to overwhelm us and overwhelm the light blocking, then we would be destroyed. So to prevent that from happening, the light obligates on itself that it will not overwhelm the light blocking. It will not overwhelm us. It will allow us to be, enable us to be. And he watches over the other side as well, so that it doesn't all become light blocking, but allows light as well. So he pours copiously his truth over it. Thus he preserves flush against it, our non-being, and the truth preserves for us, the enabled, flush against it, his being. So his being is preserved and our being is preserved, which is a non-being. And they're both then preserved so that they can be. Now, if people understood the meaning of this report, they would know themselves. So if you know yourself, you know your Lord. And if they knew themselves, they would know the true. And if they knew the true, this would suffice them. And they would not look but in him and not in the heavenly kingdoms and the earth. So instead of looking in the heavens and the earth, where is God? They will look in God. They would look in their secret face. Indeed, with them, if they were disclosed and cash to them the matter, they would know that they are exactly the heavenly kingdoms and the earth. Your body is the earth, your spirit is the sky, because these triangles within this circumference are all of all expressions of this point. So the expressions of the point are all these triangles. They are all identical in the sense that they're all on a place of origin, a line of origin. Uh, 
and they're identical because they're all a membrane between light and light blocking. So the fact that a mountain doesn't look like me or a tree doesn't look like me doesn't take away the geometry or the truth of that I'm a membrane, light on one side, light blocking on the other. So then the matter is circular and not knowable. And the affair is ruled with reins and not ruling. Yes, there is only God, none other but who, and there is only his is, his creation, perfectly ruled. So all we see is his is. So who is the one known in one moment, just as who is unknown in another moment and not knowable? So the first kilak, and now we'll get to a place where Ibn Arabi is talking about the light of Muhammad, the, the, and he's talking about this, uh, this first truth, this first unlocked truth. And it's so interesting that he'll say some things, but not other things. In other words, he'll often uh, not say who he's talking about. So he won't necessarily always say, this is the light of Muhammad I'm talking about. He'll not always say this is humanity. He'll say the complete person or the Adam or the that. And the reason he does that, there's a general rule that you don't uh, say the name of your beloved uh, because the person listening might not think your beloved is as beautiful as you know your beloved to be. So there's tension there. So there's one doesn't always speak of the beloved that way. Another way is that he is also wants to avoid anyone getting a resistance to speaking about something. Joanne, sees, could you repeat that reason, please? We, you cut out when you were, um, you cut out when you were giving the first reason. Could you please repeat that? Sure, thank you. And thanks for letting me know. So one reason is the general, the general reason is that you don't speak of the beloved. Because if you give the name of the beloved and someone else looks at the beloved and say, Oh, that beloved is not as handsome as you think that person is. So it's a pain. It's painful to do that. So there is a general rule not to speak of the beloved. So Ibn Arabi will not always identify the, the human being. He'll not always say humanity. He won't always say the Muhammad Sallallahu He won't always say light of Muhammad. He'll often say the human being. A second one uh, reason we, it comes up is that it's very easy for others in his audience to resist what he's saying. And he notices this, especially among people uh, who are close to him, who are what we now call Sunnis. And he says, you're talking about Omar all the time and Abu Bakr all the time. And Ibn Arabi says, and when you speak to some people, and we would then label them today as Shia or people of the house, they, they get angry with you. And Ibn Arabi says, to the people who speak about Omar and Abu Bakr all the time. He says, it's your own fault. You're the one who kept mentioning them when you know that they didn't want to hear that. In other words, they wanted to hear about Fatima and Ali, and you kept talking about Abu Bakr and Omar. So he is very sensitive to people will, will have their own resistances. And so it's up to us as the, as the speakers uh, to speak in appropriately, appropriate way. So we'll, so I've had to put, you'll see in the next slide, I'll put the Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in parentheses because Ibn Arabi is implying, but not 
going to say it out loud. But we're among friends, so we can do that. <laughs> so. so the first key locked open is the unseen of the complete human being. So this has to be it has to be the light of Muhammad. The one who is the shadow of God in everything other than God. So he emerges visibly from the Rahman-based breath exiting from the heart of the Quran, the Surah Yasin. So Surah Yasin is the heart of Quran. This is a call which is abbreviated by clipping off one of the augmentative letters. So Ibn Arabi is saying Yasin is O, so Ya is evocative here, and Sin is the first letter of Sayyid, of Master. So he's telling us that Yasin, rather than just being two letters, are actually the vocative of O Master, Sayyid, and the Master is Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. He means Ya Sayyid. O Master, and, and Muhammad Sallallahu says, I am the master on the day of judgment, no boast. So the one who is the master of all humanity on the day of judgment. It is just as he said, O Abahir, meaning O Abahoraira. So the way you break off a name in Arabic to make it a small uh, name for affection and for, uh, um, well, for affection, for love and, and a shortcut way of speaking about someone. So mastery is firmly established by this name and he makes it an abbreviation for the taslim. So it's also Ya Salam, O peace. And what was clipped off from the name is in the unseen, which it cannot exit. So inside the, the, the abbreviated name, the rest of the name is in the unseen. And you can explore this linguistically, it's absolutely fascinating. And we might be able to do that later. And so now we have that, we've seen that drawing that Ibn Arabi has, it comes from this chapter. So this is the chapter where that illustration comes. And notice that that line, the complete human being is an uninterrupted line. So that means that the complete human being is the light of Muhammad, is Muhammad, is humanity, is all of us. And so that is one line. And so that brings us back to the hyperbolic plane when there is really one humanity and all of us are on a line of origin. So the outward of the human being is what is extended and it emerges visibly. The inward is what does not separate from the unseen. So the unseen is the inward and the outward extends. Therefore the inward of the human being is never known ever. So this is, I do not know what is in your unseen. That means I do not know what is in my unseen, which is yours. The correlation of his, sallallahu alayhi wa outward to his inward is the place of uniting, not separating for the blink of the eye. So that's the connection between the outward and the inward and the unseen and the seen, and it never separates. Humanity is the outward, something unseen, and in the unseen, something outward. He has the property of what emerges visibly from him in movement and stillness. If he is moved, he moves by true. And if he is still, he is still by true. He is flush against the image of his creator, bringing him forth. Other than this one, وسلم, among the enabled beings, none has this complete perfection. And there is no unseen more complete than the unseen of the human being. 
which we now have to understand as humanity, the light of Muhammad. So when God made humanity burst forth, he made him burst forth according to right tending, and he provided him kind mercy. And we sent you only as kind mercy to the worlds. And with mercy, he opened the locked matters, the higher and the lower. He extended the projections by his thought, and he extended other than the projections by his leaning assistance. So he leans one way for spirits, leans another way for the organic bodies, and gives by Zat, by his essence, by the who, gives all of the projection screens who are humanity, who is Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And so since we're among friends, we can make all of this explicit and have this ilahi. from the on a moonless night so this is the, the unseen and seen and how in the complete human being in humanity in muhammad sallallahu this is how the unseen and the seen are linked and we won't be able to go into all of this <laughs> um, <clears throat> but let's go ahead and look at this uh, poem so these this long line this long line of the projected images all of us is the long line of humanity, is the long line of Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So in the true is exactly the creation. And 
if you possess an eye. So you need one eye to see that in the creation there is the true. And in the creation is exactly the true if you possess whole intellect. So two eyes that can see these together. If you possess eye and intellect together, then you will not see another thing they're doing. Indeed, the projection screen of existence is vast enough as a presence for the intellect and the senses, full of abundance and a surpassing excellence. It has the presence of the shape in the shape. So expressed metaphorically, you will see it returning the all into a handful grasping the shape. So the all into one and then one into the many. If you say it is all, then it is a part individuated because you think you're seeing all, it's only a part. If you say it is a part, it stands for the all by the all. So if you see the part, you are seeing the all. There is after all no other parable to be verified for yourself of its creator. It is the taking on of images the screen has. So this play, this drama that's happening within the circumference is the taking on of images of all of these triangles taking on images from the point and embraced by the circumference. Thus, my knowledge of it is sweeter when I taste it and more craved by my taste buds than the harvest of the bees. And then this image comes up here about the, the, the Aleph uh, and the Lam and what kind of, uh, that the two images are two images projected and you can say, I see one, or I see the other, or I see both. The two are, as the proponent says, gossamer became the glass, the wine becoming translucent too, the two conforming, resembling. As it were wine and not a cup, as it were cup and not wine. And here's the explicit way that Ibn Arabi builds the building blocks of this geometry. The line is a composition of points. Point, point makes a line. The plane is a composition of lines. Line, line makes a rectangle, makes a plane. And the body is a composition of planes. So plane, plane, plane with depth and you have a body. So the body is eight points. Two point plane, two point plane, two point plane, two point plane, eight points. And the object known concerning the true is only a thought and seven adjectives. So very much we understand that there's the who, and then there's speaking, hearing, knowing, living. Seven of these adjectives are names, plus the who, and the who is all of these seven, means that the who is all eight. They are not who, and they are not other than who. Thus the body is nothing but the points, and the points are nothing but the body but they are not the exact entity of who. So we are saying eight points. The basis of the body arises from two planes and so on. So the body has arisen from eight points. And then for the body, the name length arises newly based on the line. So with the line dimension, you have length. The name width is based on the plane and the name depth is placed on the composition of two planes, volume. So we have length, width, volume, with depth. Thus the body arising arises upon tripling. So, so that's why three is so important here. Three is everywhere for Ibn Arabi. The triples in proofs that you have a major premise, a minor premise, and a conclusion. And the basis of being, which is that point, the true, 
manifest during the creative process through three truths only, his who, his facing towards, and his imperative be. So there's who, essence, there's the facing towards, and then there's imperative be, and we become. So the world emerges visibly in the image of its bringer into being as body and as meaning. So the body is based on the eight points and the meaning is from being that we have, that the essence looked at us and told us to be, that's our meaning. And the form that it takes where this happens are the eight point body. So we are light flush against light, flush against light and light blocking above light blocking above light blocking because facing every light is a light blocking just as facing every being there is a non-being so light light blocking light light blocking each of them preserved from not being so the light preserves us from being effaced obliterated and then and then the light blocking preserves us from being all light and only light. So both of those are, are preserved by having uh, protection on both sides. Okay, and we see this then in the perfect humanity. So this Ilahi. Chosen expression of divine mystery, leader among the lovers most holy, Katub who bears the universe secretly, Abdul Qadir Gailani, shine forth the light of my eyes, shine forth the light of my soul. Yahaya, haya, haya, hai. Yahaya, haya, haya, hai. Inward beauty shines through you upwardly, unveiling the light of true humanity. Kutub who bears the universe secretly, Musa Ferashki Jerahi, shine forth the light of my eyes, shine forth the light of my soul. Yahaya, haya, haya, hai, yahaya, haya, haya, hai. Help us, O oh Abdul Qadir Gailani. Help us, Rufai. Help us, O oh Bedoui. Help us, O oh Ibrahim Dusuki. Help us, Piruradin Jerahi. Shine forth, O oh light of my eyes. Shine forth, O oh light of my soul. Yahaya, haya, haya, hai. Yahaya, haya, haya, hai. Help us, Malana Jalaladin Rumi. Help us, Musafir Ashki Jarahi. Help us, Muhayyadin Ibn Arabi. Lift us to the light of eternity. Shine forth, O oh light of my eyes. Shine forth, O oh light of my soul. Yahaya, haya, haya, hai. Yahaya, haya, haya, hai. 
Help us shake Nur Habim Dal Jarahi. Help us, Sultan Arabia Dawiya. Help us, so holy mother of the faithful. Unveil our true divine identity. Shine forth the light of my eyes. Shine forth the light of my soul. Ya 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 O green and gold crown of Allah's mercy, O renewer of the mystic paths of humanity, O deep blue throne of perfect humanity, O universal pole of the Hak Mohammedi, shine forth, O light of my eyes, shine forth, O light of my soul. Ya 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 Inward beauty shines through our community. May it overflow into all humanity. Dervishes who bear the universe ecstatically. Order of Nurashki Jarahi. Shine forth, O light of my eyes. Shine forth, O light of my soul. Ya Wonderful. Alhamdulillah. Thank you. So So the all all of us triangles on in the geometry, uh, it's to realize that we're uh, we're on the shish kebab of life, uh, so we don't have to actually go anywhere because the place, the line of origin is going right through us. So it's not a question of going somewhere, it's a question of knowing something. <laughs> Alhamdulillah. Knowing a lot, I'd say. <laughs> there are a number of comments here at the beginning, and I think I'll just kind of read the collection of them, and then you could respond. Um, the outside circle, a leaf lam meme, and then um, uh, uh, it's responded muhail, uh, and then meaning somebody said meaning impossible. Is there a connection between both of you said? <laughs> um, so maybe that's a, enough to start with. Um, yes. So. Uh, <laughs> So yeah, so this the circle uh, is is the see he's he's actually is kind of switching around the terminology a little bit right now. So the circle he says there's nothing outside the circumference, but this is the impossible. But the impossible is made possible once light shines on it. So light blocking, which is impossible, gets light shown on it and makes it enabled or possible. And so the so he sees that all of these triangles in this hyperbolic plane, that we're all light blocking and light, we're all non-being and being, and we are therefore a membrane that the one side shines the light and the other sh side shines the impossible. And so both have to be there in order for us to be. And so we therefore are composed of light and light blocking and we're and neither one of those parts 
erases or obliterates the other part. And so, and the light promises us by obligating itself by saying, I will be merciful to you and I will not obliterate you with my light. And so therefore the light blocking is preserved um, so that everything is not all light. And so that light blocking then gets shown on, uh, shine forth enough that it then begins to glow with its own light as well. And so that's the, when we, when we see the glow of the, on the moonless light, we realize that, oh, we are light blocking and light and that we have this divine and then the non-divine. And so we, to search for the divine, we don't go outside to look for the divine, we go inside to look for the divine. And does that have anything to do with the Alif Lam Mim? Yeah, so all of, all of these uh, letters then at the beginning of the surahs of the Quran, Ibn Arabi takes them to be uh, poetry about this, this uh, perfect humanity. Uh, and so they are his names. So Taha, Hamim, these are all his names. And you can then, Ibn Arabi will take us through Alif Lam Mim to show how this is the, the link uh, and, the, and the creation between uh, the Alif, which never shows up in manifest, it never shows up visibly, but shows up as a Hamsa. And then as the Lam, as the, the link that puts things, these the unseen together in the scene, and then the M uh, where the, this earth which is perfect humanity receives this process of alif lamim. So he'll go through all of these uh, special names um, as as special names. And then Yasin, this first time I don't know if he does this elsewhere, but the first time I've seen him say Yasin is, oh Sayyid, oh Master. And so it's the heart of the Quran. So to it's the call to the Master of humanity on the Day of Judgment, and that's the Master. Uh, which will bring all to their spiritual uh, discipline, all to their spiritual realization. So is Bibi Fatima Tulzahra AS is the Nukta the point? So by telling us that, that, that he gave us the point, we hear, we gave you the point. We gave you the fountain, Fatima. And so Ibn Arabi is a very, is a, a gentle way of helping us see that, then see Fatima as source, as the source of this divine. And so the source of where this divine flows out. Um, and so that's why in the lineages, uh, we want to go to Fatima and then her father as the way of coming towards and looking at this light. Where is the H? Uh, in that there was a there was a beam, and then this thing here was the H, and then all the way that was the A long alif, and then the L. Does the example of a point of light shining across and within all dimensions help us understand light upon light? And isn't this the union of who with all that is? Yeah, so so there's light upon light. And then light blocking upon light blocking upon light blocking and upon light blocking. And so this entire geomet geometrical uh, drama or play of creation is watching light strike light, which has light blocking, and then another light striking light, which has another light blocking. 
And so that process is the process of creation playing itself out uh, before our eyes, if we are able to see it. What, what is this uh, first key lock of? So Ibn Arabi says that, that when the movement of the key opening the lock, that's the sound of creation. So the sound of creation, the sound of who wanting to see itself is the unlocking of locks. And the first lock that's unlocked is this first intellect, first constraint, light of Muhammad. He says, say it as you will. And so the, this first unlocking is the first created being, is, the, is this light. Um, the light of Muhammad. And so that's, you can hear that creation opening up that lock. And then all subsequent openings of locks are the openings of the locks of humanity. And so another enabled being, another one, another one. So he says, light blocking, above light blocking, above light blocking, above, above a light blocking, one after the other, all of them unlocked, unlocked, unlocked. And so we're watching the, and so the unlocking of the first unlocking, the light of Muhammad, is what we see played out in every one of the us on this line of origin. We are watching humanity being unlocked. And then unlocking is to see who made us and see, so the light uh, looks at the light blocking, the light blocking says, there is nothing but you, the light, and the light says, and you are the message of you are the light blocking who will show this light. What is the root for the Yasin versus Yasalam? So he, he says once 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 he said that you can say Yas or Yasin, uh, there's Salam, you could say that also. And he also has, and then in another manuscript, uh Sidi writes that it's it's also um Taslil, tas, well, S-A-H-L, Sahal, easy. So you could also say, Ya Sahal, oh, oh, the one that's easy. And so Ibn Arabi sort of goes to town on that one. So once you've abbreviated it, all sorts of things come. <laughs> what is Yasin the first lock of? So Yasin is the first, is the Sayyid, is the master of all humanity. So the key to Sayyid is that the Prophet said, I am the master of all the people. So not just the mother community of the Muslims or the mother community of the Arabs or the mother community of anyone else. I am the master of all people. So he is the, the first key, which says that I will unlock and open up all of humanity. Is your unseen and my is yours correlating to a collective unconsciousness? Yes, so when the, and that was why it was such a wonderful, you know, you know, bonking me into awareness situation. When I start, now you start reading, I start reading when it says, I don't know what's in your unseen. I realized that, oh, it's, I don't know what is in your unseen, which is my unseen right here. And so indeed your unseen is the unseen of humanity. So that's how Ibn Arabi says that Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam as humanity's unseen, his unseen is the most perfect and complete of all unseens. And so that is the unseen that we are talking about. And so this is a collective unconscious in that we then become conscious that we are all, uh, the unseens are on a line of origin. And they, when we say your 
divine unseen, if I say, God, I don't know what's in your unseen, I'm really saying what's in this unseen in here. Because when God says, I am a treasure concealed, that means concealed in the treasure chest, which is you. So I am a treasure there in you, in your treasure chest. So it does change everything. <laughs> is the projective screen the Barzak? Yes, so the projective screen is this Barzak, which is an intermediary, which the light comes on one end and the, the light blocking here holds it. And then a picture of an image can be made. And so that image is light but it couldn't be seen unless it were light blocking. And that's the, the uh, contradiction or the irony or the Zen moment. Light can't be seen unless there's something blocking it. So the blocking of the light makes the light visible. And so the human, human being, humanity, Muhammad Wasallam, makes the light visible. And so I say, oh, I see light only because I see the light being light blocked and projected into onto a screen. So the light blocking is the emptiness, the void. Is this also nothingness? Can you expand on this, please? So the, the light blocking is the necessary projected screens. They, you can say they don't really exist because you can't see them until the projector projects light onto them. And so the, light, the moment the projector projects light onto them, you say, oh, there they are. And so before that, they in a way weren't. You, could, I, you can't see the projected screens unless the lights are turned on. And so Ibn Arabi said, this is why it's confusing in language. We say that we, we've, in one way, we've always existed because Allah knows that there are projecting screens out there that Allah will light up with the projection. Um, but also we didn't exist because until that light that came to project on us, there's nothing to be seen. So this is why we have the difficulty in language describing it. Um, but he says there are three. There's the who, the treasure which is concealed, turns to face the projection screen and says B, throws light and casts light onto the projection screen, and it is. And so that's, that's the process. And now that it is, the treasure is now buried inside the projected screen. And so I am a treasure hidden inside of you. Yeah, we've had unstable internet today. <laughs> and Shamir so says, well, welcome, welcome to Carolina, unstable in internet. <laughs> Could you repeat the last couple sentences? We couldn't hear it. Okay. Well, maybe it was, what they were. <laughs> maybe it was concealed for a reason, but we'll try again. <laughs> so the tell that same story is the who, the turning towards, and the imperative be. So the the triangles are projected screens. We're actually nothing because we can't be seen, so we don't really exist. Ibn Arabi says we exist in the mind of God, because God says, I know there are projected screens out there, and I know that I will light them up. But until we're lit up, we don't know even that we exist. And so we can, in a way, talk about us as non-being. And then the who looks at the projected screen, lights it up with B, and it is, and suddenly we are. 
And so that's the three, who, turning to face, and the imperative, be. Um, so that that's the process of, of how we then say we are light um, because we the light hits us. Now, when the light hits us, it's only visible because the non-being or the light blocking part could stop it and say, here's the light. And so that's why all the poetry comes out. We are light and we are not light. We are who and we are not who. Um, there's some comments, uh, appreciation for the beautiful song and the beautiful singing of the beautiful song. Um, going to the next comment here, uh, blocking is the translation of the word Zulumat, Puranic verse, I think. Yes, um, Zulumat is is the is is this light blocking, and uh, now the only only reason I could come out, I came out with the word light blocking. Uh, it is it is in the it is in the in the the old Arabic in the Arabic language, uh, but more than that, reading it as darknesses and things like that was was not helping me visualize this at all. Light blocking was the way that I could first see what Ibn Arabi is describing to us. And so uh, it is, so Zulm and Zulamat, which usually carries very negative connotations, um, is actually the beauty of the light, that we would not see the light if we did not have something blocking the light. And so the light would not be seen unless there was a projection screen called humanity to shine that light upon. So it turns from being, you know, darkness, oppression, and all these other uh, negative English translations. It turns out to be the, the beauty, the treasure which is concealed uh, so that it can be seen. And apparently ignorance is another meaning yeah. or another translation. Yeah. Right, right. Um, could you say more about Abba Huraya? Uh, yeah, well, that, okay, that's, yeah, be, there are some very interesting things that when you start looking at these abbreviations. Um, but Abu Hir, so Ibn Arabi is saying that the way Huraira goes is here. And uh, Abu Huraira means, you know, the, the father of the female cats or the possessor of the female cat. So it's, he's a very interesting figure, and uh, we can explain or that at some point. Um, very interesting figure. And the fact that that's the name that he uses, Ibn Arabi uses to show this abbreviation is also uh, very suggestive as well. Um, and because once you see what the mechanism of abbreviating names is, then you begin to look at, so Ya Sayyid is actually Ya Siadat. Uh, so Yasin is the Siadat, is, that is O Mastery. So um, you could also see that the word Yasin is evocative for O Mastery. And so that becomes this universal term of Mastery. That is that process of the light of Muhammad uh, taking all of us to our place of, of, of spiritual perfection. Light, Nur, is always singular in Quran and darkness, Lumat, is always plural. Yeah, because we're we so we're the the one in the many, and there's, there's the one in the many, and so we are the many who are all one, uh, because we all have the same line of origin. So we're all one, but we're ones. We're all many, many ones, and so that's so nur one 
Ahad, and that's the inaccessible one, the one that has no second. So nor do you say Lasani, no Lafani, no second. And so the one that has no second, and then we are the ones who have many seconds and thirds and fourths, all of us one, and uh, because we're all on the line of origin. That, as, and that's one of those beautiful miracles of Quran when you, when you can see how the grammar itself, how the word is expressed grammatically, uh, it's that grammar itself reveals great insights to, to us. How do we go inside to go for the divine? What, what has to be done to recognize the divine in us? Is that achievable only through divine kash? Yeah, so he's telling us this, the intellect is, is stuck in three dimensions. Um, the jinn are stuck in two dimension. The intellect is stuck in three dimensions. Animals and others may be having four dimensions, um, but we're stuck in three as intellect. So it's going to be an experience. So uh, I'll just give one experience. If you think about this a sphere, a ball, and we're on the surface and we can't leave the surface, but we can go uh, around this ball. When we look straight forward, we're actually looking around the ball back into our back. So if you have the experience of looking out and seeing in, then you are having this experience of being in a higher dimension than three dimensions. And so uh, when you look out and you see in, as above, so below, all of those are, are experiences that the intellect can't handle. They're experiences that tell us where we are looking. Um, and then if we're going to talk about a hypersphere, we'll also will know that there are many spheres inside the hypersphere, or we call them inside. Just the way if there are seven earths and seven heavens, they're nested but you can't go through by going down, but somehow they're all nested. And so this nesting, uh, we call it going inward and we can say we can go inward right and inward left. We can go inward folding backwards, inward folding the other way. So there are different, there would be different directions, which uh, language will also have trouble with. And that's why Ibn Arabi goes to poetry. Uh, as a way of, of describing things that the intellect can then say, I don't have to worry about poetry because I'm a, a prose kind of person. So. <laughs> um, the word nooked, three consonantal roots, N, Q, T, L, thought meant pronunciation, but you were using it in the sense of point, like in the expressions, a case in point to make a point, and also meaning which if I am not wrong, the word is FOM, F-H-M. Would like to know if there's a difference of meaning in English of these word nooked. Yeah, so, uh, so nooked in English, we also say, um, we call it punctuation. So punctuation is to put a point on something. So when you put a dot, you are punctuating. And so the process of punctuation or nukta in the grammar is to place a focus somewhere. To make, a, to make a point. So punctuation is the same way. So you could say, uh, the way he punctuated that sentence made me understand that X, Y, Z. Um, and then, and then faham is a kind of an understanding, uh, which is, um, well, yeah, we can and explore some of those things. Uh, but punctuation as and point as nukta, 
Um, and then they even, you can say that the, the joke, uh, you can call uh, that there's a point to the joke. And so that can be a nukta as well. And then in poetry, uh, nukta then becomes that, that, that place which subtly turns your view and you see something in a very different way. We are divine parfait. There we go. <laughs> yeah, and and I I just loved. I always love puns in different languages. And and for me, I try to tell this. I was talking to Baki about that. So when you say tout a fait parfait, you can say tout a fait parfait. Everything has an act which is perfect. And you can take tout a fait parfait and all of that and go all around and around. And so it is. Parfait, and then it's, as it's done, it is parfait. It is perfect, yeah. <laughs> this question is not related to today's lecture, but it has been tormenting me since a week now. How can we see what is currently happening in the world from Ibn Arabi's perspective? I.e., how can we see the unity of being in what is happening in Gaza? Mm -hmm. It has been difficult for me to see the divine manifesting into Israeli soldiers and politicians. How can we see the divine volition and manifestation behind evil? Yeah, yeah. The uh, so when we look at the geometry, when we look at the geometry, we see we're on a line of origin. We see that we're all we're all in this together, and of course, the mystics and the saints are always telling us we're all in this together. There is no other. There is no us and them. You know, we're all in this together. So the mystics are always saying we're all in this together. And when, but if we hear that, we say, uh, how can we be saying we're all in this together when there are clearly two sides are fighting each other and, 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 and this one is throwing rocks and, and making these poor babies scream by throwing noise bombs. How can we see that we're all in this together? And that's, of course, the saint are saying it's very, they're saying this is a very difficult teaching, but we are all in this together. Um, the, the pain of, of showing movies in this within the circumference, which are painful and and unrealizing movies, movies which have the the person and people these triangles thinking that oh I've got light I must be God and therefore I do whatever I want and I can be violent and destructive and all of that. Um, there's a great pain in that because that there's a knowledge that in order for all of this beauty to come out, there has to be screens which will distort and make very ugly this light and this being. So they will use life in order to hurt others and they will, be, they will use speaking in order to damage others and they will use hearing and they will use all of these divine attributes in ways that are distortions and ugliness. Um, and as we saw with Ibn Arabi, he says, Allah has no problem with that, saying, that's on you, that's yours. Uh, that he appropriates the beauty to himself and he takes the stuff that we make, the nonsense and the garbage that we create, he says, that's on you. Um, because there, there is the, in order for us to be projective screens, three things have to happen. One, we have to be projected screens of the divine. And then when we are a projective screen of the divine, it's easy for me to say, I must be God and I can do whatever I wanna do. And I don't care about anyone and I'm blah, blah, blah. Two, we have to be able to own our own species. And so that means that we have the divine owning of species because God owns us all. 
God owns creation. But if I personally think that I should own my species, then that's a horrible distortion. And it's something that, as that we looked in that surah, that I have to free the slaves. I cannot, and I have to free my own slaveness to thinking that, oh, I'm God, I can own other people. And so interesting that in the Quran, the owning of other people is, is men and women who have the, what their right hand possesses. And so, to have that means that you have something divine, but to not use it means to say, I know I am not God. So I am and I am not. And then the third one is that we are Khalifas, that God acts from behind us. So if God acts from behind me, I can say, oh, look, I'm doing this violent thing, but it's because God wants me to do it. And that horrible ugliness is one that God says, if you think that way, you can attribute to yourself, it's yours. When you see yourself bringing my hand of assistance and helping the orphan and the poor and, the, and other people and not being oppressive, then it's my hand. I attribute it to me. That was my hand that did that. I am the light, Noor. Did I read that already? Uh, and you are my darkness, the need of the darkness. Oh, no, this is good. The need of the darkness is necessary for the light to appear. His manifestations reveals him just like the need of the camera obscura to display all the images possible that light reveals. Right, that's absolutely true. And, and, and Ibn Arabi uses the, the camera obscura, uh, uses that uh, concept beautifully because what he's saying is you're a vessel, you're a room. So camera, camera comes from the Urdu camera, camera is a room. So a camera obscura is a pinhole in a room, in a camera, in a camera, and it says you are the camera. So your body is this room, there's a pinhole in your heart, which is your heart, which will bring light out. And then that light will bounce across this room, which is your body, which is you. And so that light, that those images on our walls or who we are, are only seen when, the, when we are there. Otherwise the reality, the light is just projecting all the time, unless there's a room to hold that light and a pinhole called the heart to let that light in. So the light is let in through the heart and it bounces against the camera, the room, which is the camera, which is us, which is you. Um, would you be interested in some images of the tomb of Ibn Arabi in Damascus? Yeah, um, yeah. Please, please send them along. That would be wonderful. We had uh, our, our a sister of ours has has uh, visited there a few years ago, and uh, she took pictures for me. It's just really beautiful. Thank you. Um, psychologically speaking, is the membrane our nafs? Um. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we have to shift metaphors, but uh, so the the nafs then is related to the breathing in, so that this body or camera or camera is breathed into with the breath. And so words and letters are breathed into with the breath of Rahman and that makes us alive and that makes us do things. So the soul is coming from the breath of Rahman. And so the soul, there's one soul and everything else is from that one soul. Just so the soul is clearly on a line of origin and all the souls are on a line of origin. They all of them have in their center, in her center, a uh, the source. About the Gaza question, according to all we are learning, we can only see the mercy, 
which is infused in everything only when we see the whole picture and that is in time, place, and depth. Yeah, and in a sense, that's um, one of the, the, the beauties to see this to see this whole picture. It actually gives us more energy um, to, to do things and to help. Um, if we see, if we are stuck with what is affiliated to us, what Allah says, you can have that. If we only see that, our stuff, uh, it's easy to get very depressed, very uh, inactive. And I think I'm helpless, there's nothing I can do. But to see, well, what is the hand which is bringing mercy? And then that gives us strength and power. And then we find some way uh, to bring ourselves to see what, what is happening and what we really need, what all of us, what we find out at some point in our lives that we, we need to see. And to be able to, and so the person who is suffering wants to be seen, wants to be recognized, um, wants to be known. And, uh, and so that's why we're told, you know, you visit the sick. Why do I visit the sick? Because if you had visited the sick, you would have found me there with them. And, and, and you need to feed the poor. If you feed the hungry, if you had fed the hungry, you would have been feeding me. And so you begin to see that this, the divine wanting to be seen is also wanting to be seen in the people that we are calling, let's say victims or something, or the hungry, the poor and all of that, the, the, what, that they need to be seen. And when they can be seen, then we know you and I are on the same line of origin. And so we don't see ourselves as us and them, either good guys or bad guys. We see then is that we are all of us on a line of origin. And if we want to be, you know, if we want to be the, those three things, the image of God and the ones, and then the Khalifa, the one who acts by God's hand, um, then that's, that is our happiness. And then we are told in Revelation that if you're not seeing yourself on this line of origin, if you cut yourself up into those are good guys and those are bad guys and these we got to do this and we got to do that, if you're doing that, all sorts of pain and torment is coming your way, that it is very painful and tormented and tortured for me if I don't see that I am with everyone in humanity. Is there not also somewhere some awareness beyond both unity and duality, like the station of station? Yeah. So when when we're traveling through this geometry, uh, there will be there will be and we we're seeing a, a threefold, you know, a membrane with light and light blocking, and then the membrane. When we see that, we can be drifting towards this side, and and that becomes a place that we can see we see light on light, um, and so. We, we can move within this three, uh, the membrane bleeds over into both of those realms. And so if you're in the bleed, then you are, you are seeing and experiencing both sides, which shouldn't be, or which are not conventionally or normally experienced together. Um, so those are these, the station of no station, because a station can be experienced, another station experience, and the bleed between the two stations can be experienced. And then you'll say, it's no station. I don't know where I am, but I have this experience. <laughs> Does camera equals equal Kumara? Uh, I'm not sure, I, but the, as far as I could see the uh, K-A-M-R-A camera uh, coming from, so room. And I, you, you have to tell me more about this cue. 
Well, so, well, Kumara, so in the sense of moon then, Kamar? Okay, well, let, let's, let's explore all that. But uh, the imagery of the camera being the Kamara, the room, and the heart being the pinhole, that, uh, that one is one that Ibn Arabi uses throughout. Um, for healing, should the people of Gaza see themselves as with the Israeli soldiers or someone abused needs to see themselves with an abuser? Yeah, I, I don't know. That's, that's, all, that's all very, uh, very loaded. And, and I think one, I would have to be you know, much closer to see what's, what's happening. Um, it's also, it, it's also impossible. I mean, we've seen this Ibn Arabi as, as given us one example that we have about how we see things when bad things are happening. Um, and we've looked at that when the woman's child was, was, was dying, a uh, baby, you know, was dying. So the prophet gave information to the person in the first message. So he sent a messenger says, tell her this, that it all belongs to God and that God is, everything is in God's hands and, you know, do all that, you know, that this is the way the world is. But when he actually got there, that was the second message, he cried with compassion. And so in a sense that tells us that we can, from the outside in a sense, we can, we can see things and knowledge can help us understand. But when we're face to face with the, the pain and, and the suffering, um, then our only response is ourselves uh, crying. We ourselves cry and that. So one of the companions asked, what were those tears? And he says, those tears are rahma. Those tears are compassion. Um, I I can't understand. Mariam Fatima, do you want to? Oh yeah. So she um, was saying she was saying room camera. So K A M R A. I think is that right, Mariam? And she's going to want to know if there's a Tamil word for that. There probably is. Yeah. No, she's saying. Yeah. Says yes. In, in the South <laughs> Indy, we don't like to talk about you know Urdu and Hindi that much, but. Well, it's this is a northern view, so camera as the room, yeah. So and so, look at that yourself. It's so wonderful, what a beautiful image to go around and realize that I'm a camera, I'm a room, this this beautiful empty room with walls, and my heart is a pinhole, and the light is streaming through this pinhole, and what is there to be seen? And then I start saying that, you know, the light is coming from the unseen. It's coming from my unseen, and it's it's coursing through my heart, my pinhole of the heart, and it is being reflected. Everything, every picture on these walls is new every moment. A new picture, a new picture, a new picture. So I'm saying, this is fascinating. What a wonderful movie that I'm watching, that everything is happening, this is happening, this is happening, that is happening. And then when things are happening that I don't like, I say, oh, there's, I don't like the color blue, and there's a lot of blue over here in this painting. Then I say, well, that's attributed to me. If I'm not able to see where it is in the greater picture, then that's that's on me. <laughs> hmm. um, I thought I was going to stay for a short time only, but this session has been so encouraging and enriching that I cannot stay until the end and waiting eagerly for next Friday. Hmm. Not only I thank Professor Winkle for his illustrious knowledge and passion, but also I learn a lot from the comments from all of the participants. May all of you have in these trying times the best life can give long lasting, healthy, prosperous and happy lives and your families and loved ones as well. 
What more is there to say? Beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Yeah, it's been it's such, what I've learned over the years. Uh, I'm just Hamid does here when we came up to Creston to, to have some workshops, and I, you know, left and right, I'm learning all these things, and it's so amazing. And so it it really is when we're together, um, you know, the we have we have much more wisdom than I particularly have as an individual. It's so much wisdom streaming in because everyone has seen these things and knows these things, experiences these things, and that just enriches and enlightens. And I say, oh, that's what Ibn Arabi is talking about. Thank you. <laughs> so thank you all. Wonderful. Alhamdulillah.